0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
2: You knew it was coming less than a day after Sean Payton's scathing criticism of the Denver Broncos, of Nathaniel Hackett, and somehow the Jets working their way into just an all-out annihilation He ends up walking back his comments. He regrets some of the tone that he portrayed in an interview with USA Today. And it's just unfortunate because I was really here for the war of words among coaches in the NFL. Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer with you on Joe and Amber. There's plenty of that here. Lots of war of words going back and forth. No, I'm kidding. Aaron and I love each other, so this is great. But I... And really we irritated. not hesitate to
1: argue, though. Like like any good family members, you know, there'll be some back and forth. Courtney, come on, Sean Payton. Come on. Come on.
0: It's just, own it's what just you, soft. It's own soft what you at you
1: this point. L- l- listen, you're supposed to want to beat the Jets. Why is it so bad for you to say something about how you feel about them? Or... Like, it's news that Nathaniel Hackett did a bad job coaching the Broncos last year. Like, anybody should be shocked by that. I think, to be honest with you, a lot of the things that he said in this article, Jarrett Bell in the USA Today, like, they're just truths. Like, there's nothing to—I don't think he was necessarily mean. There were no personal attacks. Oh, there were personal attacks. I I I, don't—how do you define a personal attack?
2: When I'm reading these comments about Russell Wilson's struggles, when he says, oh, man, there's so much dirt around that, there's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed, tolerated in the frickin' training room, direct quote there, the meeting rooms, the offense, I don't know, Hackett, a lot of people had dirt on their hands, it wasn't just Russell. And then he goes on to, like, he says it's an incrimination on the head coach, the general manager, the president, and everybody else who watched it happen. He just took shots at four different people there, even though he said there was 20 dirty hands, Four people in specific. That is what Sean Payton said in this interview isn't where he just went all attack, out. Though, isn't it a professional? I attack? think it. I mean, professional, personal. This is football, baby. Everybody is all in all the time. Your job is your life. Your life is your job. And I get why Sean Payton was willing to go all in. Remember, he was a Fox analyst last season after he did his like one year hiatus from coaching the New Orleans Saints. So he got into Fox mode. He got into broadcaster mode he where He
1: wasn't that good as a Fox analyst to be honest with you. This was his best take ever, I got to say. This was.
2: This was the the probably the end of his broadcasting career because he saw <laughs> how much hot hot water it got him in. Here's what he had to say today. I just don't, I don't want to hear the apology. I actually don't really want to hear the sound, but we're going to play it for you. Sean Payton, Broncos head coach, regretting what he said. Soft take. Here you
0: go. I had one of those moments where I still had my fox hat on and not my coaching hat on. You know, I said this to the team in the meeting yesterday. We've had a great off season relative to that, you know, and I've been preaching that message. And here I am, the veteran, you know, stepping in it. It was, it was a learning experience for me. It was a mistake, obviously. I needed a little bit more filter. There's a pound of flesh for these guys, and, and as a coach, you stick up for them. And after a while, we're past that season last year. And, you know, I said what I said, and obviously I needed a little bit more restraint, and uh, I regret that.
2: He regrets not having restraint, but he never said, I regret what I said in the context of what I said, that Nathaniel Hackett, one of the worst coaching right. jobs in NFL history, I think he fairly, like, pretty much stands by that still.
1: I think he was totally calculated, Courtney, in what he did. Come on. You agree? You know this, and I I think you're a great person to speak to it. How hard is it to get a private interview with one of the 32 head coaches in the NFL where they're willing to go on the record? I'm not talking about, like, off the record, you know, quick convo with Matt Eberflus about something. You cover Mm -hmm. the Bears. I'm talking about, like, sit down in the office everything is on the record recorder is on this is not easy to get on this
2: subject matter alone I'm curious how he was teed up on these questions I mean Jarrett Bell is a well-respected long-time NFL reporter so I'm not surprised at all that he was able to get this interview but for Sean Payton to more or less cut open a vein here and just like let it fly Something made him comfortable in that moment, feeling like he could just talk however he wanted to about the situation he walked into in Denver. And maybe, maybe if you're if you're onto something here with him being calculated, which I absolutely think he is. But he's, you know, he could be speaking in a way to to like Russell Wilson and showing him through these comments, even though they were received in a way that makes it sound like he was just taking a blowtorch to what happened last year. <laughs> that Russ, look at what happened last year. That staff. I'm going to be the polar opposite of that. We are going to be the polar opposite of that because last year was an abject failure. That's not going to happen anymore. It could be a calculated message in that way to your quarterback. I don't know why you wouldn't have that conversation with him alone, but I mean, God, he was even taking shots at Russ. I mean, when he's talking about the training room, who do you think he's talking about? He's talking about all of Russell Wilson's people that were allowed in the Broncos facility last year. Right. And on top of it, All of the enablers, whether it is George Payton, the general manager of the Denver Broncos, who under his watch allowed all of these things to happen. The pomp, the circumstance, the arrogance, in a way, of this franchise. Off-season
1: parades. Yes. Before you ever play a game. But, Courtney, to me, I think this is straight out of the Bill Parcells playbook. And I refuse to admit that Sean Payton didn't know exactly what he was doing when he did this interview. Like, the Broncos have a very well established team of public relations people Sean Payton has been in the public eye forever and been through one of the biggest scandals in NFL history like don't tell me that he doesn't have training in how to manipulate the media I think he said exactly what he wanted to say because I think he was trying to send two messages to his quarterback number one what happened last year with you is unacceptable and number two it's not all your fault and let's give you some confidence and a little bit of a boost going into the 2023 season. That's how I read it. He can come out and apologize all he wants. I think he knew exactly what he was doing.
2: Okay, so by that logic, did he, let's say he did. Let's say he knew he was going to go all in and then try to walk it back. Did he tell people in Denver, George Payton, media relations, Damani Leach, team president, because he was catching strays in this, did he tell them, hey, guys, you're going to see some things that are probably going to make you cringe? But I don't hate you because I'm going to end I, up walking this thing I, back. I,
1: I think Sean Payton doesn't care okay. about what those people. I think he is the king in debt. Like, how much are they paying him? Is there brand new ownership there that doesn't really know yet what they're doing? I think one of the reasons he took this job is that he could get away with saying stuff like this without having a ton of blowback. And look, I'm not I'm not establishing yet whether it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do in the context of me being a Broncos fan, which I am and I grew up there. But I think as a media member, oh man, I want unfiltered Sean Payton all the time at the podium. Give me more.
2: And I feel like the NFL's gotten away from that. You brought up Parcells. Like I used to cover Mike Zimmer who was from that Parcells tree. He and Sean Payton, good friends, a lot of similarities. Zim never went this far to go scorched earth on a franchise, but I remember hearing how unfiltered he was about Bobby Petrino and the absolute bizarre unceremonious exit with the Atlanta Falcons and a lot of four letter words that we cannot repeat here on ESPN radio. But that level of honesty, like you couldn't, the the reason I loved covering Zim is because he, he when you could tell he was lying you could tell right away because he was so bad at trying to fake it <laughs> trying to fake the whole like let me just like sugarcoat this and and force it through Sean Payton same thing you don't see that in today's NFL where you've got. People like Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay and all of these guys, Kyle Shanahan, who came from the same tree, all bloviating over each other. Oh, they're so great. Look at us. We're all like from the same tree. We all call plays. I mean, it's it's annoying to a degree because you don't really get any of the unfiltered real real that, you know, is being said behind the scenes. So I'm here for it. I love it. I really wish that things didn't end up getting walked back the way that they did. But I guess in today's day and age where you've got agents, PR people, a lot of hurt feelings, this shouldn't surprise anybody. But I mean, we know what Sean well, Payton said. It's
1: 2023, but uh, you know, look, in Cleveland, when we were kids, the head coach was Marty Schottenheimer. And he didn't like Sam Weish, who was the head coach in Cincinnati. Sam Weish once said they were throwing things on the field, and he said to Bengals fans in the middle of a game, he grabbed a microphone and said, hey, you have more class than this. You're Cincinnati, not Cleveland. Uh, Jerry Glanville was in Houston walking around with a big black coat on, leaving tickets for Elvis, talking smack in every press conference. Guys, it's entertainment, and this, to your point, Courtney, should be part of the theater of the league, in my opinion. I have no problem at all with what he said, and all he did was hype up a big game between the Jets and Broncos that I already want in prime time.
2: Week five cannot get here soon enough. There's one thing we know about the NFL. A lot of egos, and with a lot of egos comes a lot of hurt feelings. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. We don't have hurt feelings here. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, boat, RV, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up. What will the Panthers look like next, next season with their brand new franchise quarterback? We'll talk about that next. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast
1: is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition.
2: Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer, hanging out with you on this Friday night, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Training camp across the NFL, well underway, the end of week one for most teams, including the Carolina Panthers. Time again for ESPN Radio's Two-A-Days. Hey, let's go
0: do our job, man.
1: NFL Nation Two-A-Days.
2: Time
0: is here!
1: On ESPN Radio. The Carolina Panthers.
0: Blood 58 Go. This is David Newton covering the Panthers. Rookie quarterback Bryce Young was Carolina's top story during offseason workouts, and the top pick of a draft remains at in-camp. While the job is his to lose, Young has to prove in pads against multiple defenses. His ability to process and make plays translates into the NFL to show he's ready to be the day one starter and make this a playoff team. Coach Frank Wright believes with a lineback intact and weapons such as running back Miles Sanders and Adam Thielen that he's created a roster that will allow Young to flourish. But he still has to see it, particularly in joint practices against the Jets. Said Wright, you get to OTAs, it's great. You get a good look at people. But you really don't know until you put the pads on.
1: Count down to kickoff with NFL Nation 2 days on ESPN Radio.
2: You know what I love about Frank Reich, Aaron? What do
1: you love about Frank Reich, Courtney? Thank you.
2: That took you long enough. Um you know, I Sorry, love that... I thought you
1: were just gonna tell me. I didn't no, know. No, it me to...
2: it was definitely not a rhetorical. I try, try, question. Again, I wanted try you... again,
1: try again. My bad.
2: Aaron, do you know what I love about Frank Reich, head coach of the I, Carolina I, Panthers? I,
1: reveal it to me, Courtney. Okay. Tell me.
2: He doesn't play the BS. Game, the song and dance of, I don't know, guy was number one overall pick, gotta make him earn it <laughs> as quarterback number one.
1: Yes. Back
2: in the offseason, this is before OTAs were even over with, the right. Carolina Panthers named Bryce Young the starting quarterback. They didn't do any of the stuff where he had to prove it or make sure that he could get through some of the rookie ups and downs. No, they're going to go all in with this guy because why else would you trade for the number one overall pick and send your top receiver to the Chicago Bears, send a boatload of draft capital to the Bears as well if you weren't going to immediately let this guy be great? and let this guy grow into the player that you expect him to be, a long-tenured quarterback in Carolina. I love that, and I love the fact that we're not having this dumb discourse about any sort of quarterback battle in Carolina.
1: It's totally removed the distraction, too, which I think is smart and healthy because I think in this case with this quarterback, there's just no questioning his work ethic, his resume. All of it looks really, really good. Except for, of course, you know, the the big issue, which is the small issue mm-hmm. when it comes to Bryce Young. Um, I think he's going to be great as a rookie. I think he is an easy bet to win Rookie of the Year because I think he'll put up big numbers for Frank Reich. And he has a ton of college experience. Also, I felt, Courtney, like there was a little magic in him in college. Like he always seemed to come up with a big drive when his team needed it. All of that. What I question is his long-term staying power in the NFL because 5'10 quarterbacks who are his size take a lot of hits. Mm -hmm. And I I think eventually they get adjusted to – and I I would – if I was a Panther fan, I'd be really excited about this season – and a little bit concerned about what the five-year plan under Bryce Young really looks like.
2: Well, they have invested in their offensive line. I'll give them that because we know about the protection element when it comes to a smaller quarterback. Of course, we've heard about it with Kyler Murray and and him being an undersized QB. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, throughout their career, smaller quarterbacks have had to deal with these things. But this is a team that spent a first-round pick on Aquanu in 2022. They spent a third-round pick on Brady Christensen, their starting left guard in 2021. They've upgraded a couple different spots on the offensive line. The issue right now is that they've got two guys, Austin Corbett, the starting right guard, starting on pups So not great from the sense of the guys in front of Bryce Young, but eager to see what Bryce Young is able to do in this offense, whether the offensive line is healthy or not. Here is the Carolina Panthers quarterback on what being named QB1 means to him. That means a lot. That's a that's a huge blessing. Um, you know, I, I always trust the coaches and I want to do everything I can to play whatever role it is. that I'm called on to, to help the team. Um, so, you know, that that means a lot. And, you know, for me, it's doesn't change my approach. Uh, make sure that I take things day by day. There's a lot that I want to grow, keep keep going in, keep improving in a lot to learn. Um, and, you know, we're, we're all in it as a team. Am I crazy for thinking when I look at the NFC South, the division that Carolina plays in? Yep. And I and I think above all else, of any of the destinations of the quarterbacks, he probably went to the best spot. Sure. That this could actually be a team that finishes in contention for the playoffs this year. Am I wrong for that? Because I look at what happened at the end of last season. Them, you know, being a game away. Had it not been for Tampa Bay beating them in Week 18 and... and Tampa going to the playoffs and Carolina staying home. Yeah. they finished on a very not high note DJ last year. Not DJ
1: Moore taking off his helmet, right? Yeah, I mean then then that was really the sequence that sort of derailed their season. Look, I really do like their coach in Frank Reich. I really think they have the best quarterback in the division too. So okay, let's let's start there. Do they have the best coach and quarterback in the NFC South? I mean, it's a terrible division. And I know some people like the Saints, but I don't know. Dennis Allen just kind of does nothing for me. He's the Derek Carr of coaches, and that's their (laughs) quarterback. Uh, I'm supposed to get excited about Atlanta's situation? No way. And Tampa's a match. Tampa's got uh, Baker Mayfield, the story is, is playing uh, golf and hanging out with the offensive and defensive linemen. (laughs) You know, I, I just... I don't see any of those teams being even a seven-win team. So I think by default, I like not just Bryce Young as plus 420 right now to win Rookie of the Year, but I also I agree with you. I like the Panthers. Not that they're that good. They're going to get slaughtered once they get there. But I like them as a little sneaky playoff contender.
2: I do, and I look at their receiving core. People are going to make a big deal that they lost D.J. Moore because he had to be included in the trade in order for it to get done. But they still have Terrace Marshall Jr. They are still very high on him. They have D.J. Chark, who they got in free agency. They got Adam Thielen, who was a cap casualty in Minnesota. They bolstered what they, were, what they have with their receiving core, and they drafted Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss with their second-round pick. I think Bryce Young actually has a considerable amount of weapons. And, oh, by the way, Miles Sanders, who had a career year in Philadelphia – ends up signing with them as a free agent, and they've got a lot of really good pieces on defense. Everybody from Derek Brown to J.C. Horn to Brian Burns, I think they're going to be in a really good spot, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning the NFC South, and I do think, though, that that would probably come as a surprise to some people.
1: I think they're going to be fun TV. I think they're going to be a great red zone team. It's going to be Uh, a lot Because I think they're going to be in a lot of close games. And to watch the Bryce Young magic, I think, is going to be really fun to see. So I wish the NFL had maybe even given them a little more respect.
2: All right. Straight ahead. Colts and Bengals. What do they have in common? Well, they're being covered by the same reporter. We're going to talk to him next. ESPN Radio, ESPN out. Joe
0: and Amber, the podcast.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Burrow leaves practice on Thursday with a non-contact calf injury. Zach Taylor, Bengals head coach, says he's going to be out, quote, several weeks. Don't have an exact timeline. And when we will see Joe Burrow back, but likely not much longer In the preseason, this is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer, pleased to welcome in Stephen Holder. He covers the Indianapolis Colts for us at NFL Nation. More on that in a minute, but he's filling in on Bengals duty today. And Stephen, I know you were there at practice, got a chance to hear Zach Taylor. What would what did you make of his comments when he was asked about the timeline and the uncertainty about when we're going to see Joe Burrow again?
0: Yeah. Well, he went to great pains to not get sort of nailed down on anything more specific than his quote, several weeks, which means what, right? I I think we learned that word in elementary school and I still don't think we ever really defined what it actually means. But (laughs) anyhow, for our purposes here, it is going to be multiple weeks. They have six weeks to the regular season. And I did sense, though, from Zach Taylor, an effort to really downplay the magnitude of this, frankly. I, I think he's smart enough to know that everyone gets it, that Joe Burrow is a fantastic player. But he really went to great lengths to really say, hey, we're fine. We're fine. We, we're a veteran team. We've played in a lot of big games. And, and our guys are, are really even-keeled. And, and I think that's also true. You sensed it in the locker room. But, look, I'm not about to pretend this is not a big deal Uh, for the Bengals. We saw the slow start they got off to last year Mm. when Joe Burrow missed, I believe, 19 days in training camp.
1: When do you think he'd have to be back at practice in order to play September 10th against the Browns?
0: Yeah, good question. I think, look, I mean, this is, it's a lower body injury. So you worry about things like what kind of football shape he'll be in, you know, after he uh, comes off of this injury. I, I think it's, Look, they have six weeks to go, as I said, but I mean, if we're if we're talking three weeks, four weeks, I guess it's fine if this thing goes longer than that, though. Now you're in a, a sort of a, a precarious situation, you know, where, where the amount of practice he gets, the longer this goes, it becomes more of an issue, you know, to sort of forecast how much time he'll have to prepare. Look, in the end, if he's if he's able to go out there and he's able to function and he's able to move, I have no doubt the Bengals will play Joel Burrow in their opener. But uh, really, I think the question is not so much will he play if he's back on the field, but just where is he at in terms of his preparation for the season? That's, I think, going to be the bigger question.
2: Talking with ESPN NFL reporter Stephen Holder, Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer, with you on Joe and Amber, and to and make this matter more complicated is the fact that Joe Burrow has yet to sign a contract yeah. extension and come to an agreement with the Cincinnati Bengals. What's the buzz around Bengals camp about when something like that might get done, in spite of the injury?
0: Yeah, first off, I don't think they'll. I don't think the injury will have any bearing on that per se. Uh, I do recognize that that there may be a, a wish on on Joe Burrow's representations part to maybe get this done before he goes back out there, <laughs> because this is maybe sort of a wake up call. Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. You know, <laughs> it's like these are the kinds of things that can happen before you get your money. So, yeah, there's going to be I think there'll be motivation, though, to, to get it done. Uh, before he gets back out there, just to kind of settle everybody's nerves, everybody involved, uh, and certainly for Joe Burrow, I, you have to think this kind of gets his attention. You would, you would imagine where he says, "Hey, look, there's it's to my advantage to sign a contract before I go out there because injuries are." an ever-present danger in football i mean if this were more serious we'd be having a different conversation and that would really complicate things wouldn't it with his mm-hmm. with his contract extension so thankfully it's not but i think it definitely spurs some action or potentially spurs some action to get that thing done stephen holder covers the
1: colts for espn nfl nation during his uh, normal job filling in on the Bengals this week but in Indianapolis, you know, normally players are the ones that are tweeting crazy things and getting in beef mm-hmm. back and forth. Uh, in this case, we have Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. You got him on the phone, did an interview, talked to him about his comments about running backs that were really construed to be about their running back, Jonathan Taylor, in Indianapolis. What do you think the biggest headline was from your conversation with Ursay?
0: Yeah, well, to set the – to, to kind of set it up. This really stemmed from Wednesday when Jim Mercy tweeted what I thought was a response to, to something Najee Harris said in Pittsburgh, their great young running back. He talked about the, the, the elite running backs, you know, talking about solutions to their, their compensation issues. And one of the things they, they addressed was maybe we can have some change to the, the franchise player numbers uh, running backs have the, the lowest position player number among franchise players uh, when, when you do get franchised, o- lower or, excuse me, higher than only kickers and punters, which is amazing. So anyway, uh, Jim Mercer said, nope, not going to happen, basically, <laughs> in his tweet. <laughs> we we ha- we made an agreement to, on the CBA. We're not renegotiating. Uh, but look, the elephant in the room is Jonathan Taylor sitting right there with no contract and, and very much, has made it clear that he wants a contract. This guy led the NFL in rushing two years ago, over 1,800 yards, gets hurt last year, and has a tough season, just a, just about uh, 860 yards or so. But I think he realized, Jim realized, that, that this did call for some clarification. And so he tried to make it clear that I was not referring to Jonathan Taylor in any way. It wasn't a veiled message to Jonathan Taylor. But I don't know if it even matters. I would tell you that even before... Jim Irsay's original tweet, Jonathan Taylor was absolutely ticked off and he remains. So he's on the PUP list. So he's not practicing, uh, but he's sitting on the sideline with a scowl on his face and he's very clearly not happy and he still wants a deal. They are not intending to extend him. They just don't have any intention of doing that right now. And so something is going to have to come to a head here because at minimum they have a very unhappy player who is, frankly, they their most talented player. So I don't know how you solve that and, and get back all on the same page.
2: So if they haven't extended him a deal and you say that they won't, how do you expect this to play out with Jonathan Taylor?
0: I think he has to make some decisions or may have to ultimately make some decisions. And, you know, that decision may be, okay, do I swallow my tongue and just grin and bear? Or do I ratchet this up a little further? And what are we talking about? Are we talking about requesting a trade? Uh, I think you have to go back to last month at the end of the veteran mini camp, Jonathan Taylor, that's when he first started making it known that he was unhappy with the situation. And in talking about the other running backs who were encountering difficulties, getting long-term contracts, Jonathan Taylor said, you know, you see why guys request trades when you see what's happening. <laughs> and so, I think about those words now, and I'm like, huh, I wonder how much of that applies to him. So I don't know if that was a prediction, but I certainly would not discount it.
2: All right, Stephen, before we let you go here, uh, I know you've been splitting your time between Colts camp and Bengals camp. The first couple days of seeing Anthony Richardson, albeit not in pads yet, but what have your impressions been of the young quarterback?
0: Well, first, the first thing you notice is just his physical presence. It's just undeniable, and whether you, whether you think it matters much is, is up to the individual. You know, they're they're not defensive ends; they're quarterbacks, right? But but certainly his physical presence, I just it really is imposing. You know, you see this this big guy six four and two hundred and forty pounds take the ball from under center, and it's like, man, well, if he tucks that thing, you know, you're making some business decisions as a defense, really. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing is, you know, look, he's going to have some ups and downs, but, I, you know, he, he definitely has these flashes from time to time where you're like, okay, I get it. The question is going to be, can he do that consistently or, or just can he be consistent in general? But when you when you factor in his, his running ability and then the flashes that he shows, I understand there were some today where he, you know, flicked a, a 60-yard bomb to Alec Pierce, who is – you know, a, a real deep threat that the Colts have in his second year. You know, when you factor all that together, you could see a pathway to Anthony Richardson being successful this year. It won't be easy. It probably won't be a, a, a straight line. But I think there's going to be some opportunities for him to really open some eyes and really ball down to, to him proving that he's ready to do it.
2: Another thing that's not easy, covering two teams in NFL training (laughs) camps. That's what Stephen Holder's been doing for us here at NFL Nation, bringing you all the nuggets on the Colts and the Bengals. We appreciate it. Thanks so much.
0: You got it anytime.
2: All right, straight ahead. Getting wished happy birthday is always great, except when you get fired right after. We're going to tell you all about this and the social media blunder heard around the NFL. Coming up next, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
2: Birthdays are great. Everybody has them. Most people celebrate them. Not everybody celebrates their birthday and then gets fired a couple hours later after their employer wishes them a happy birthday. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer with you on this Friday evening as always presented by Progressive Insurance. So get a load of this. This happens, as you know, from all social media teams across sports. They always end up trying to do these nice birthday messages for their players. With the Green Bay Packers, a linebacker wow. yep. named Jonathan Garvin. I had not heard of him until this morning. The Packers put out a tweet early on, Happy birthday, Jonathan Garvin. And then three hours later. Uh. Jonathan Garvin, linebacker, former linebacker of the Green Bay Packers, ends up getting released. So this is somebody who was with the team, not just like he didn't just like get there a couple days ago as a trade right. can't pick up. He's, He's been there been a couple with of them years, for a couple right? of years. Yeah, like so this is somebody who clearly, you know, I don't think that teams end up wishing like the 90th player on the 90 man roster a happy birthday. This guy is in 38 games, 32 tackles, one and a half sacks, seven quarterback hits, not an upper echelon name on a defense that's full of first round talent that always manages to underachieve but nonetheless Ooh. like harsh reality Court here of the, the business for the
1: Packers front office
2: but man the the hard like the sideswipe that the Packers front office just made hours after they their social media team which they have control over what goes out on social media with the Green yeah. Bay Packers Twitter account I just I understand you can't make decisions like, oh, sorry, we can't cut him now because the team wished him happy birthday publicly. But man, can there not be some sort of like oversight, some foresight here to know, hey, we saw this. Guys, delete it immediately. Like, Delete it within a couple hours or a couple minutes, not a couple hours.
1: So, do you think Goody, who is the GM of the Packers, do you think he was aware that the social media team had posted "Happy Birthday" when he made the decision to let him go? Like he I, probably I realized- wasn't,
2: but I think somebody else was because you know front office has. Editorial control over what goes up on the team website, what goes up sure. on their Twitter account. I just don't I think somebody Happy Happy brought birthday it to
1: birthday tweets are getting, like, reviewed by the front office people that are making decisions about who is and isn't on the roster. Here, Here's what I bet happened. I, I think that the social media team, like, they're planning out these posts in advance. Like, my guess is this post was scheduled weeks, maybe months ago. And the graphic was put together so that on this day, at this time, we're going to be wishing Jonathan Garvin a happy birthday. This is what social media teams do in the off season when the players aren't around. And then I think that it never occurred to the front office, wait a second, it's his birthday. The tweet automatically goes out. They don't notice that it's there. They make the decision to cut him. And here we go. We've got a bit of a controversy on our hands. Now, I would support a rule in the collective bargaining agreement you cannot get cut on your birthday unless it is a violation of the personal conduct policy. Okay. Because I think firing somebody on their birthday one. is is cruel and unusual punishment. So I think you got to wait until 12:01 a.m. the following day wherever you are, you cannot fire somebody per NFL rules on their birthday.
2: So this guy apparently skipped most of the off-season program. He's a fourth-year linebacker on this team. I don't know if he was drafted or not. Hmm. Regardless, he probably knew something like this was coming. I don't know if this is a calculated move because now I'm going conspiracy theory here after reading huh. a little bit more into his situation. Um, to cut him on his birthday, it's a harsh reality of this business, and this is typically the type of stuff that you see in hard knocks. Now, I don't know if the Jets, because of what Aaron Rodgers being there and there's some pressure on them to like not show players getting cut – yeah. This is the side that fans, I think, need to see and realize, you yeah. know, your favorite players are human beings, too. They have birthdays just like Aaron Goldhammer and Courtney Cronin have birthdays. And just like mm-hmm. you, the listener of Joe and Amber, have birthdays. But to have something happen so publicly, and gets kind of humiliating where it's like, happy birthday. Oh, by the way, you don't have a job anymore. I hope he gets picked up somewhere else.
1: But do you think he's having this... a nice birthday? Like, how do you think he's celebrating tonight?
2: you know is there a
1: cake do you sing happy birthday to a guy who just got fired I think that
2: he's celebrating knowing that a lot of people feel for him right now and are sending him some good vibes because it stinks to get fired it stinks to get fired even worse on your birthday
1: what do you think he got as a gift for his birthday like Hmm. it it would be much better to get hired on your birth then you get an NFL contract on your birthday
2: I bet he you know what he didn't get uh-huh. A sh- uh, one of those like stockholder certificates for that Packers fans who like to not. claim that they're NFL owners he did not get one of those and Aaron
1: Rodgers Jets jersey maybe get him for his birthday be the World would be I would love World World
2: for Rodgers to like put out something Hey, just took a thirty-five million dollar pay cut. Jonathan Garvin, come on down to the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers will pay your ticket and pay your way to get there. Rodgers, Packers
1: jerseys are probably on sale, so even Uh, even with Rodgers taking
0: a pay cut, you
1: know. I mean, God, he
2: could take. He could get a Randall Cobb jersey. But I think he needs the Jets jersey jersey. to really.
1: Put it to Green Bay. Like, I think he needs the eight and not the 12.
2: No, he he just needs to get signed there to really stick it to the Green Bay Packers. It's been a week. Uh, I loved how earlier in the week, where the team president, Mark Murphy, said they're going to eventually retire Aaron Rodgers' jersey, and then we find out, like, two days later, Aaron Rodgers willing to take a $35 million pay cut out of spite to be with the New York Jets. Man. (laughs) What a tough day for Jonathan Garvin. He's in the zone. Get in the zone. Brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. Autozone. Sorry about your birthday, my guy. Hopefully yeah. it's uh hopefully it's better than the way that your day Started out and then uh, went through its midway point. I hope you're somewhere celebrating, kicking back a cold one and having some cake. Okay, yes. speaking of food, yes, we yes. talked about your Chinese you. food experience at the beginning of the show. How you were like super pressed because you got brown rice instead of the sticky white rice, which is the far superior rice when it comes to Szechuan no chicken.
1: Only but, people without taste buds get brown rice.
2: But like, apparently something else happened today that dealt with food. Is this just like a yeah. common theme for you?
1: So I went to a restaurant for lunch today. I actually took my to lunch, which is a totally other weird Because you kind don't want to get fired
2: on your birthday.
1: Right. That's right. So I take him out, and we sit, uh, nice patio, uh, downtown Cleveland, Ohio. I'm not going to call out the establishment. Uh, waiter comes over, says, can I get you guys something to drink? And a lot of people, this was like a later lunch, 2, 2.30. A lot of people are drinking beers already, but both he and I have to go back to work, and I'm hosting this show later, so of course I'm not down in a couple of IPAs. So I I think a soft drink, you know, of some kind sounds good. It's like my guilty pleasure, Courtney. I don't, you know, I I don't, I know it's not good for me. I know it's pure sugar, but I do it. And I said, do you guys have, because it's like a brewery. I said, you guys got to have like a root beer. Can I have a root beer? The guy looked at me with a very confused face. The waiter had never heard of root beer. This was a new experience for him. I said, you know, like, a, you know, you got uh, your Dr. Pepper, you got your Sprite, you got your A&W root beer, you got your Barks, you got your dad's, you got your mug, you got your Stewart's root beer. And he's just
2: glassed over, has no clue what you're talking about.
1: So he goes to the bar and I said, look, if you don't have any root beer, you know, just bring me a Coke. So he goes over and grabs a brown drink of some kind, brings it back (laughs) to the table Sets it down in front of me and says, "Sorry, we don't have root beer. This is Coke." I said, "Oh, okay. You know, no big deal. Whatever. It looks delicious, refreshing." I take one sip of it. It is one thousand percent root beer. <laughs> what? Like, what is going on here? This guy's never heard of root beer, but he's telling me I don't have a root beer, and then he's giving me root beer. Like, am I on some television show? Of some... Also, who's never heard of root beer?
2: Do you think Jonathan Garvin's heard of root beer? I, I want to give him one for his
1: birthday with a eight Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knows root beer. I bet a hundred percent of our listening audience knows a root beer when they see one. This guy never like he thought I was an alien.
2: I think he was punking you. I really do. You know who knows Listener? something about root beer? The people who are hosting Freddie and, Freddie Fitzsimmons. and Fitzsimmons that's coming Whoever up next that is. here on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app.
1: This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80,
0: or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.